have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development and growth podcast. Listen, if you're new to the show, I just want to take this time and I want to welcome you. I want to appreciate I want to thank you for being here. I appreciate your listening ear. And for those of you who listened from anything from 50 episodes to 150 or 250 episodes, thank you for coming back and giving me your support, your listenership as well. It means a lot to me. And like I always say, and I always say it, if this is a podcast you drive value from, please do not hesitate to share it with others. Share it on your, your Instagram, your, any platform that exists that you can link the podcast to. Please do so. I would appreciate it very, very, very much. And uh, tag me at Justin Craig Roth if you do so on Instagram. I'll re-mention you. Thank you again. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. I have, and I don't, I don't say this lightly. My best friend, bar none, for my entire life, and I can confidently say that, he's like a brother to me. He'll always be a brother to me. This guy has been with me, even though we've been apart for lots of years, it's it's never, the, the communication, the connection is never lost. And I'm not going to, I'm going to stop talking. So Jason... <laughs> what's up bro what's going on man listen man i just want to thank you for being here man and you know we've been talking about doing this podcast for a long time long time dude and um we're finally doing it and i'm just glad you're here we have a lot to talk about listeners i want you to just stay buckled in your seat because we're going to talk about some controversial things i'm sure anytime me and this guy get together we talk about anything and everything but it's all good. It's always all good, man. And we, I think we, we, we merge well together because we kind of think a lot alike, you know, we're totally different, but we are very, very similar. And, um, so introduce yourself, bro. Yeah. So man, it's been what, since second grade, first grade, yeah. yeah ripping that so. dirt bike across the field. Remember that <laughs> for show and tell. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. a long time. Um, yeah, my name's Jason Balanzatagi, and if you are someone who has known uh, or been around AG, grew up on the Central Coast, and you know Justin, chances are you've heard uh, my name, because like you said, we used to hang pretty tight back in the day. Uh, a little bit of distance in between adolescence and growing up now, but um, you know, it never feels like a lot of time goes by. You know, we get back into this session a year, two years, things like COVID happen. You're kind of disconnected from people, um, but then you get right back into it. And it's almost like a yin and yang, right? It's black and white, but it fits. What a yeah. weird concept, huh? Like yeah. you said, we're so different, but so similar and able to uh, always reconnect on that level, which is cool. Polarities attract though, right? Exactly. I mean, so... Yeah, and, and you and I share a lot of the same traits, but like we're both clean. We're both neat freaks, <laughs> but I take it to an extreme fucking level. And uh, we just we talked about that off off mic just like a, a few minutes back. 
and you 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 know you see my OCDs, you see all they unravel, and I'm not proud of them, bro. Uh, but it's just the way it is right now. And we talked about it being because I can control the environment, and so because I can control the environment, it just it just extrapolates itself, so to yeah. speak. Even on a lesser level, not being as extreme. I can't tell you how many people come over to my house and I don't try to put it on anybody else. Like I don't tell anybody, Hey, make sure you clean this, do this. I just simply will go behind them. And if there's a mess, I don't say anything. I just do my thing and I clean it up and they'll look at me. Then they get insecure. Yep. Just and like they come just back same. to me. And it, it's funny because it comes back to me in a, this, this almost overbearing sense. And I'm, I'm sitting back saying, I didn't say anything. I'm just doing my thing and cleaning up. These are girls, right? Talking yeah. About girls. Yeah. All right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. you're talking about girls. Who you would know, have a, who, what like, dude would have a dude over to his house? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. And uh, and it's just funny the interpretation from that is as if I'm being passive aggressive to them, looking at them while I'm cleaning up the mess, and they're taking it like, "Oh man, I totally messed up." It's like, no, it's all good. I understand that about myself and yeah. I don't say anything. Yeah. Most people don't live on that level. Yeah. Most people do not live with that going on because that takes up so much of time that you would rather be doing something else. You know, so um yeah, I definitely understand I the extreme of that, but like I said, to a lesser degree, like myself, it's still way above most other people. Yeah, they there's levels to this shit, yeah. bro. Oh, like, for sure. You're on a good tier. You're on a it, very... Like borderlines between sure. just, you know, who is the person on the receiving yeah. end. I have uh, I have another friend that's like that, and he's, he's very much well put together, clean, but he's not over... He's not... It's not overbearing on you as the guest when you come over. You just think, oh, he can... He can like what you did when you wiped the counter, when you washed your hands and you wiped the counter, I would never do that. And I'll tell you why. When I wash my hands with that paper towel, I use a paper towel, I throw it away, done. I don't want to use another, I don't want to use that same paper towel and wipe off the water because then the dirty water, I think in my head is dirty water on the sink, gets into the pores of the towel, then that gets on my hand. So then my hands fucking dirty again yeah. and I have to wash. So I wouldn't do that. Right. right, right. But that's but the way you are. That's normal. That's normal cleanliness. That's taking it a step further because you actually are cleaning, but you're being normal about it. I'm not normal about it. I go to the extreme end of things Yeah. and I'm not, like I said, I'm not proud of it. That's just something that I can't psychologically disconnect from yet. And it, I remember the first time I came to your house. Remember that when you lived over there in the, in the village? Oh, yeah. And that was the first time I actually really experienced because that was you came back from the Air Force. And then, and by the way, you should tell people that you're in the fucking Air Force. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in the Air Force for yeah. six years. Yeah. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I first experienced, I was, when I first experienced it, when you came back in, in, you're in a, you're more of an adult now, right? Back from yeah. Air Force, like, okay. Total, total transformation. Yeah. That's when I experienced the real, like that part of Jason that I didn't really know prior. Yeah. We went from adolescence yep. to fast forward, you know, six years. Well, I came back and it was what, 2012 and a whole, a whole different 
life um, coming back to and that I had previously lived for the past six years, really settling into really kind of who I was anyways. And that's what the military did. A lot of people say, oh, you go into the military, it'll make you disciplined. It'll make you into this. And it does for a lot of people. But also, sometimes depending on the type of person you are, it will enhance what you already have, mm-hmm. right? It kind of unlocks it for some people. Just like if you were to go to, let's just say a cleaning class, you go in there and three years ago, you wouldn't have realized what state you would be in right now, but maybe going to that class would have unlocked that for you. And you yeah. would have maybe, um, you may have been more neurotic earlier on in life or you know what I'm saying with those types of things and that's probably not a great example but since we're talking about cleaning same thing in the military for me I already had the desire to keep things clean right and why is that synonymous with the military well especially when you go in you know you're going to boot camp and you're getting hammered on cleanliness how you look all these things but we were already keeping our trucks clean we were yeah. already trying to be clean we already had this idea of that Now, going into where it's mandatory, it's not a change for me. It accentuates the thing I already had. So for me, going into the military was easy. I liked it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It merged well with you. It really did. And I think it brought out attributes, not as much um, for some people as far as giving them something. You know what I mean? So. um, Well, do you think that you got, do you think that you were emulating your stepdad and in terms of his cleanliness and his organizational oh, dude, there's skills. There's been a million times where, A, I have wondered, am I becoming this dude that I didn't I know you told me to that become. multiple times. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to answer that with no. And the reason why is because I had this when I was young prior to Oh, that. really? Oh, dude. Okay. I had to have certain pants. I don't. Do you remember those like uh, MC Hammer pants? Yeah. You know, and they had the fish on them. All kinds shit, of we- yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, my grandma made me those because yeah, I was so into them. She dude. fucking made me like For three sure. pairs. They're like gecko and Ge- some I'm other. I'm just brand. gonna say that the fucking gecko. <laughs> just gonna say that, yeah, dude. So point is, those things had um, elastic around the the ankles. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Yep. What be, so before when I was <laughs> so three, gay, yeah. dude, so I could not wear pants that did not have elastic. I was so particular as a kid. Now, that's not that was something innate. No one was telling me. I wasn't looking in magazines getting ideas from these people. None of that. Right. It was just what did Jason like, and so and I was very particular. So your question is to you know, am I starting to emulate my stepdad? Um, I think the answer is no, but you know, that's a hard time because I grew up around him. I can't necessarily disassociate all experiences because I mean, let's face it. We are who we are, but the experiences also add to the person that we become. And that is always evolving. doesn't matter who you are. You can be someone staying sedentary. You're still going to end up changing minimally, maybe some more than others, but your life experiences change you. So, um, I can't say no fully to that. I think I already had the propensity to, um, show those types of, I don't want to say issues, but sometimes, you know, maybe other people look at them like, man, you, you wash your car twice a day. 
yeah, well, it's brand new. I just got it, man. I want to go cruise it. Yeah. It's got to look good, you know, yeah. cruising down uh, Bismo, you know, and I remember you and all your trucks, same, same idea, man. And everybody knew there wasn't a cleaner truck out there. Nobody had any question as to whether or not there's a cleaner truck. And in fact, they tried to make it dirty. That You know what I'm saying? They tried to do the opposite thing that they knew. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're just obviously being immature. I want to give people context behind this because people oh, listening yeah. are like, they're like, what are you talking about trucks? Okay, so back in high school, we, as we, we, there was like this, tr- I don't know. It wasn't well, a truck squad. Well, I'll, I'll but- say it. So you don't have to talk about yourself in this regard. Cause I'm going to, I'm just going to say it how it is. So there was this perception of Justin back in high school up to a certain point and things that people tried to associate him being a certain way, listening to certain music. And, um, at that time there were a lot of negative connotations. So if a lot, a lot, there's a lot, um, justified, unjustified. It doesn't really matter. It was what it was. And you know, kids are assholes and their own insecurities manifest into, you know, picking on other people. The same thing that is now, you know, nothing new under the sun. So the idea of having a truck on the central coast, whether it was lifted, whether you had a built 350 in it and you know, someone who put headers on a 350 thought it was built. Mm -hmm. They had no idea about valve, you know, cams, you know, all the the whole actual built motor to, you know, like uh, to certain specs for optimal, power everyone just oh, i got an exhaust dude i right. gained you know they got a little honda civic and it sounds like you know it's got this can on it doesn't really matter anyway so going back if you had a truck you were in this tier of kids that other kids liked it and like man that's something that i want so justin being the dude that and i don't even know if this particular trait in you had come out at it did this point. With that truck. With no, that. no, no. What I'm saying prior oh. to that, but when you got that truck, there was nobody that knew more than Justin about trucks and lift kits at that point. Now, this you got to understand what I'm saying here. When other people think that they know, and in a high school sense. They like dominate this tier of people, whether they got money, paid someone else to do it. It's all flashy and they got the ticket. They got the truck that's lifted. And um, Justin came in and literally overtook everybody in that regard. So much so everybody started coming to Justin. And that really was a turning point from this kid that Justin used to be and get hated on a lot to also... Um, now being respected. And I think that like OCD thing really started to shine Mm. because other people were coming together to almost give you like accolades and probably some, some sense of affirmation that, Hey, this dude's actually legit. So everyone would come to this guy, uh, for, you know, his experience and knowledge base. And if you know, Justin, if there's something he's passionate about, which you got to love the guy for it, right? And you can't take away other things like his traits of cleaning, right? And he goes to the nth degree and everybody in the world thinks that's crazy to do that. But you can't have your cake and eat it too in that regard. You also get to side of Justin that once he's becoming dedicated to something, it's all the way in. 
you are all the way into trucks down to the sockets down to the rubber sockets oh yeah so that way you wouldn't scratch the chrome on the bolting right and just i remember the shop i remember everything man that was that's so cool you remember that that? oh dude and most people i bet if anybody who went to high school with us right now we're talking and they're instantly going back into that time for sure because i am right now because i can see it at your dad's warehouse yeah santa maria and you're lifting you know buster the whole the whole thing you were the dude and then you went classes you went to cuesta you started going automotive man and i remember asking you about clutches and clutches can be a difficult concept for people that don't know anything about it because there's some moving parts and it's physics of what's happening. You know, I'm pushing this pedal in, I'm disengaging, all these different things. And, and you answered it. And I was blown away at the level of detail. It's like you were reading it from a master mechanics handbook about how clutches work. Mm. Like the encyclopedia of the physics. I, I was, it was impressed. I was impressed. I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Yeah, dude. I'll never forget the clutch. I'm like, damn dude, he's actually doing anyway. So, um, the trucks, all of that, because people should know that's the background with the trucks. And I think, I think really that's actually part of the foundation of you as a person, the way that I see it, that's when things really started coming into your own and where you started owning what you were doing and having confidence in that to where now people can hate, but it didn't matter. That level of confidence came in and because you were so dedicated to it, it didn't matter at that point. And it's funny. So we get on here, right? And he's got his intro about this guy saying, Hey, stick to the dream, live the dream, all this stuff. And you know, right now um, it was speaking out to me because you know, some things going on in my life that, Right now, it's just another phase of life, but it's got me questioning certain things. And listening to that, it's like there are so many things out there, daily life, whatever, that can get you off that dream. And the only thing that keeps you there is the discipline. It's not even motivation. Motivation comes Mm. and goes. You know, I see a bunch of clips, Mike Tyson, right? That dude has went from being the ultimate to the ultimate nothing, in and out of jail, no money, all this stuff. Now he seems to be pretty humble and recognizes all this now that he's able to step away from it and he's in a different place right now. But uh, the dedication and all that anyways to you as a person with the trucks to give the context, it seems like it started there for you. I think I think you're right. That's when I started to... I, I started to identify something yeah. that, I was, that I was driven towards and with so people listening they don't probably understand what we're talking about and and i'm sorry because jason and i have our own lingo so to speak and we talk we bounce off each other with these different things experiences that we've been through in life that we both know of that are familiar to us and we don't have to we don't have to say well remember we just go to it so but you don't understand that listening because you're probably you've never met us and who knows so it's like you don't understand what we're saying, but what he's saying is in high school, I, I got it. I got my first truck and I, and I did a, an extended lift kit to it. So back then we lifting trucks was the fucking shit. Everybody had lifted trucks. And if you didn't lift a truck, you weren't as much as you could be as, as, as in a, as in a high school sense, you weren't right? As cool. Like you weren't as cool, weren't yeah. as popular. And so when I, when I did this extra kit on my, it was called a body lift. 
when I put this, put this bi-lift on my truck, I started to understand, I, I wanted to get involved with the lift in and of itself. So I worked on the lift kit with the person that I was doing it. And I essentially make a long story short. I essentially started working for him after that, installing lift kits with him, suspension and body lifts. I fucking hate body lifts, by the way. They suck. <laughs> Don't do them. Suspension <laughs> lifts only. Okay. But back then to get an extra three inches, you did a body lift. So when that's where it all started. And then when I, what he's referring to is when I started in that quest, I started to retain everything that I was or absorbing rather everything that was coming my way from this guy that was basically mentoring me. And I loved it. And on top of that, in my high school, because people possibly hated the idea of me, maybe perhaps the way that I dressed or looked or et cetera, the way I moved in, in, in high school at, at, you know, at any degree, they didn't particularly like it or they were fond of me, especially the Aggies. So, and when you're in high school, you understand there's classes, groups of people, and I don't care who you are. Y'all want to be accepted. So I am no different. I wanted to be accepted wherever I was, but I wasn't, I was accepted by the females but I wasn't accepted by the males, my counterparts, which I wanted to be accepted by. And that's probably the reason why they didn't like me as much. But when I started to get involved in trucks, they, like Jason was saying, they all had an affinity for trucks as well and lift kits and, and all that jazz. So like he said as well, they started to respect the person I was or rather the counterpart that I was to them and that made them like me or rather accept me more. It was, the, it was the level of respect that grew for them because I was involved in something that they liked as well. And so it was like, that was like the way that I became a, a young man to them. Before that, I was just some punk fucking kid that, you know, looked like an sync fucking knockoff. But when I had that, when I had that, I guess, label within me now, the whole truck situation, then they accepted more of me. And then it, inevitably they ended up accepting me for who I was. And I'm friends with them to this day. Well, most of them. But in high school, it's it was about the truck. So that's the context about the whole lift kit. You know, when we say trucks and all that shit. And Jason had an S10 and he fucking built his. And his was like the pearliest oh, fucking dude, S10 I, ever. I dude. had the back end because the controller was <laughs> all jacked up. Dude. But it's just, look, it's yeah, us as funny. kids trying to, trying to, trying to be the version of a man we think is a man. You know what's funny about that though? So you mentioned high school, right? And we're thinking, oh, these kids... They're doing this like social dynamic, right? Someone wants to be liked. There's a group of people that don't like that person. And really that's a direct correlation to now, right? Mm -hmm. So back to that point of the guy on the intro, he's saying you got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. And then you listen to all the success stories out there, whoever it is, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, whatever. They all did that same thing. They all stuck to it regardless of the haters and then really at the end look where they're at what does the perseverance and drive actually get you what did it get you at that level you now decided to say 
I don't care. I'm doing it. I don't care what anybody says. I am going to now be the best at what I'm doing. You got chrome protectors on sockets. That's insane. Nobody does that. Literally nobody does that. The level of quality that you gave to people. And it's all wrapped up in the idea is I am going to be the best at this and I don't care what it takes. That's discipline. And it didn't matter if you know Justin and you wanted to get in his truck and your shoes were dirty, you were not getting in that truck. You were going to clean them up. Like, you know, it's just, it's funny, dude, because, but with that also the same degree, I'm going to be the best at this lift kit. All right. So then fast forward, right? Get a little older. Then what Justin start getting into fitness. Do you know Justin now? Where's he at with that level of fitness? Who do you know has more passion than Justin when it comes to fitness? Nobody. There's not one person. I don't care if they're on TV. I don't care what it is. Famous or not, whatever. There's not one person that has more passion when they want to go and excel at something than this guy. Like for sure. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's tight. It's funny, dude. It's like, start off. Hey, we know each other. We're boys. We talk. And where's this conversation going to go? And we're at lift kits with the truck explaining something that the intro, what it just, you know, that's what I took of, from that. And that's how this podcast is probably going to go the whole time. That's it, the beauty of podcasting. It doesn't have to be scripted. And that's one this of the, certainly is not. And that's the one of the, <laughs> that that's one of the, the only, I guess, contingencies I have with people bringing them on that you be transparent, raw, yeah. real. That's it, dude. Yeah. And I know that there's nothing off the table with you, which is the reason why I didn't even ask you. So typically I'll ask people, is there anything off the table? Yeah, nothing. Right. And I know that. So I didn't even yeah. ask that, but it, for people listening, this is real conversation with a fucking best friend. I'm not talking about like one of my best friends. I'm talking about the guy that when I go to my deathbed, if you ask me who your best friend is, it's Jason. And it will never change. There are people, there are probably three people in my life, dude, that can go and come and there could be 10, 15, 20 years apart. And then when we sync up, it's just like you never left. Know, and you're one funny. of them, and Chubbs is one of them as well. Well, my our friend Andy. Yeah. He doesn't like to be called Chubbs anymore because that was a high school thing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta yeah. give him respect. Yeah. Um yeah. I remember here's a quick story, dude. For people that don't understand the level of fucking weirdness that I have with cleanliness, when I would work on trucks, there was multiple times, and I taught Ryan this. Yeah. Ryan, remember Ryan Petit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I taught Ryan this. This is this is not good. We would be working on trucks, lifting, like putting lift kits on and shit. And because I'm so dirty, I literally stripped down to my underwear, got in my truck, and drove home that way. Parked my truck, got out of my truck with underwear on at nighttime. Because I was living with my parents still. Because this is when I was like 16, 17 years old. And went to my parents' house, in my un- got out of my truck in my underwear, bro. That's the level of fucking commitment. OCD weirdness, cleanliness Dedication. that I have. I'm not going to bring my oily clothes, truck, dirty yeah. clothes that I was just laying on the floor with in my, and back then I had cloth, cloth interior. Yeah, it was cloth yeah. seats, dude. Totally. So 
Honestly, even if it was leather, I still would have done it. Dude. Yeah, it doesn't sure. matter. It doesn't matter. I taught Ryan that. Ryan, I remember telling me that he did the same thing one time when he was working on his uh, Dakota. This motherfucker had a badass Dakota, dude. I mean, it wasn't like badass, but because Dakotas aren't badass at all. But I mean, <laughs> he, he, had, he did what he could with what he had. <laughs> and, oh, dude, uh, that, he was your mini me. Oh my oh gosh, my gosh, man. dude. He was. I hope this. I'm gonna send this motherfucker this episode. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. And he had TVs in this thing. He had TVs in the visors. He had TVs. Oh yeah, DVD players were DVD a big play- thing. That back was then, that dude. was hot. If, oh yeah. When was that? Two thousand and like uh, four or three? Three. Yeah, that's when DVD players and visor screens they got hot. Well, it's probably man. a little. Two thousand before that. Yeah, it's probably like a five year window when it was relevant for us. Yeah, because we, you know, I left after you know joined it was oh two oh three it was a big deal having visors in the back of the headrest Uh for the people in the back yeah the main dash up front Mm -hmm. and like basically wherever you can fit one if you had it you were tight yeah and (laughs) yeah ludicrous put one in the steering wheel and people were talking about doing that shit until they found out how much it was going to cost and they're like okay never mind yeah (laughs) i take the airbag out and everything nah good so avoid my warranty <laughs> can't do that but he yeah he 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 had he had these bogger tires on his on his dakota oh, and bogger tires for those of you who don't know they're made by a brand called super swamper i don't even know if these motherfuckers are still in business but let's just say that they are they make a tire called a bogger it looks like a tractor tire i mean it's, this this is a mid-size truck for women, basically, and he's got his <laughs> play. He's got bogger tires on this thing. Anyways, it still look it still looked bad. You couldn't you couldn't denote the fact that it did not look bad or it looked good. Like it did look good. Like even though it was a small truck, it looked good. Yeah, but you would never tell him that. Yeah, I would tell him that. <laughs> True. Like yeah, you need funny. to get a full size, bro. And then yeah. you got it. And you were really about the full. You wanted the full size too. Oh yeah. And you got finally. You got your 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 uh, GMC. Yeah. And oh, dude, and that was clean. Do you remember? Man. What? Remember when I came? It was was my for my birthday, right? You put the handles on. Mm. Remember that, dude? It was. I did. Insane. I su- I surprised uh, this guy with a uh, Cadillac Escalade handles. That was that was the trend. Like you want it to be all painted, color yeah. matched. And I remember it was at night when I came out and I put my hand on the door and I knew because there's a chrome handle. Yeah, the plastic, yeah. You can tell the plastic. Yeah. It's, you know, it's got some um, like texture. To yeah. It. Yeah. So even at night and, you know, we know what we have, like we know every little part about that. And I knew right away I put my hand on there. And I was like, because I, I don't know if we had been talking about it previously yeah. or what. I just remember coming out. I'm like, oh, dude, how did I get no in way. your truck? I don't know. I, think about it. I Who have gave no me the idea. Key? I maybe someone in the house. Yeah, yeah. Because there would be nobody who had my key. Absolutely not. Nobody. So how the fuck did I get? I don't know, dude. Shannon? I don't know. Donnie? Jordan? I don't remember that, but I just remember doing them. Yeah. And I don't remember really doing them. I just remember them like I remember I wanted I had the idea to do that because you really, really wanted them. That was cool. Man, you think back to like all these things. Like I if I could go back in time, I wouldn't go back to any other time in life. I'd go back to high school. And I know some people would would call me an idiot for wanting to go back to high school. Yeah. I don't care. High school days and right after high school, best fucking days of my life, dude. Like, 
the best days, all the, even like things I learned and I failed at and I, relationships that I failed and friendships that I failed, etc. Like they were, they taught me a lot and I just, I just had so, I still had so much fun in that. Well, I think because for the majority of the people, I'm talking like nationwide, just general majority, um, you're insulated from the world. Nothing matters, really. You know, and things today, it wasn't like that back then. Look at you saying it's not like that back then, like we're getting old because we are, but it wasn't, you know, you can go and make minimum wage or start off like being a laborer. I remember the first labor job that I got, got to the house and there was this, I don't know, 15 foot pile of dirt because they overexed underneath this deck and they're putting new piers and concrete and they have the overexit, which is basically digging it out and then putting it back, but compacting it. Mm. So that way it doesn't shift over time. Um, and I thought, all right, I guess I got to move this pile of dirt. Moving a pile of dirt to the other side of the oh house. Dude, it was just, you know, you think busy of mundane work. and whatever. Yeah, it's busy, work. but you go, you do that, you get your 40, you get your paycheck. It's like being in San Luis off of, you know, ocean air. It's like you worked for the weekend. Yeah. And there, you know, not that there wasn't a sense to get a better job and move forward, but you're kind of, you're, you're, there's really not a lot that can happen to you. What's going to happen? You got $400 a month rent. You need to pay for food. You're a roommate somewhere. There's really not a lot that can go that wrong, generally speaking. As long as you do your 40, you got some money. Unless someone breaks and your you're house. Still, and, yeah, and- unless, you know, those things happen in a lot of other places. But I guess I could just speak to being on the Central Coast. It's a pretty good area to live. But those good times, not having to worry about all the stuff. Now, it's like, dude, we got shut down for two years. Just think of that. Yeah. People being told they can't see their family in rest homes that are dying. Dude, like, I don't know think what I that. would do. But you, you're not having that really at that point in time as a kid, right? When we were growing up. So I could see how Dang. those could be some of the best times. Or college, for example. Um, some of the best times because you don't really have. You do have a lot of responsibility, but it just seemed like it was a little bit easier because things weren't so volatile everywhere you look right and social Dude, media I, didn't exist you you weren't like as kids there was no i don't remember this there was no volatility if you were conservative or liberal or all this stuff you know you just met people and right. if you guys got along no one talked you, you kept, know you didn't yeah. have a concept of the intricacies of the harsh realities of life you know things that now you look at and you say well if I vote this way, what's the consequence? And then you vote one way and you end up seeing the ramifications of it. And it's so interconnected with all kinds of, other, you can't even make out what's real and what's not real anymore. Yeah. There's a fight on that, you know? Yeah. It's I don't, wild, so. I, I, back then it just seemed easier to your point. It's blissful. It is. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's the reason why, cause I, I juxtaposed it to where I live in now. And even though I have more responsibilities now than I did when I was a you know, teenager, kid in high school, excuse me, we don't even have social, we didn't have social media back then. No, and that we, didn't was the be- we didn't have cell phones. When did we get started getting cell phones? Remember the Nokia, was it like 4120? Yes, 2000 yeah. was when I first saw the, Jake Parrish had the first cell phone 
that I ever remember seeing, dude. And it was this big, like fucking GTE. I don't know. It was this not not a good looking phone. And I remember seeing it at a football game, and I was like, "You got a phone?" And I went home. I was like, "Mom, I need a phone." <laughs> remember pagers? Yeah, oh, I had like a oh, sick dude. pager. Oh I had man, a remember you you would text codes? Yeah, to see like where you were at. You know. Kind of like pre-text messages, yeah, yeah, but for exactly. pagers. Dude, I wanted one so bad. So my brother, right, being as tight as he is, I go to my my mom like, you know, I want a pager. All my friends have pagers. I, I, I need a pager, I right? A and she's like, no. I'm like, I'm not asking you to pay for it. I got a job. I just need you to be the adult on the paperwork. No. Nah, she, nah dog. <laughs> you ain't going to get a pager, dude. Oh, so no. then I'm like, Mike. Mike, dude, he's like, yeah, for sure. He, and he was 18, so he went down, signed me up, dude, had a pager. Nice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> pagers were the shit. Like, oh, you, man. You, had, you, were, you increased your level of, um, I guess, uh, relevancy when you had a pager, man. Well, and you were able to see where the party was. I mean, that's really what it came down to. You know, where's the party? You get paged. Oh, it's here. Or whatever code it is. Or right. your girlfriend, and you started putting 143. You know, I, like all yeah. that little stuff, dude. That was funny, One, man. four, three, three, oh, four. You know, I, I still carry a pager at work. I have to carry a pager. Do you? That's the system that they use to be able to contact you when you're in areas that don't have uh, cell They're the service. basic pagers, like the Motorola. It's a basic pager. Really? I mean, well, actually, I don't know what a basic pager is, but this one has different sounds. <laughs> you can mute it. You know, oh. you can... Uh, get like texts on it essentially oh. like text messages from our system that we have that's just integral uh, to where I work it's so in it's the infrastructure really a, it doesn't really a pager then it's it, it, it is I'll get pages with numbers on it that oh. I have to call back but you know I'm in places that have two foot thick concrete walls there is no cell service getting in there but the system that was put in place in the 80s or, or way before that when the you know plant was getting built. We got pagers. That's the form of communication. Are you still on Bumble? No. When did you get off Bumble? Because you were on Bumble for years. Oh, dude. The dating the dating apps. So it's are funny. Are you done with all because, of them? Because uh, no. No, dude. Which one are you on? Well, there's Hinge. Really, that's that seems to be the one that it seems like. Um, I can't even say that. It just seems like the most, the best of what is out there. I guess it's better. Than and Bumble? I don't. I don't know. Better than Bumble. I don't know how to quantify better. It just seems like there are more, more user friendly. Like what? the people that are attracted oh. to using hinge in, in a very basic They're sense. I'm just going to say it's better quality. They're better quality. I'm going to say it's better quality. And I, you know, I don't know how to quantify that. Maybe. Oh, so let me ask you this. What do you think about Tinder or grinder is grinder an app? That's a gay or, app, isn't it? I don't know. Isn't it when gay guys get on there to, to fuck others? Is that gay? what it is? I think so, bro. I so, think, okay. I so wrong. think about that app. What does that say in your mind? If you were look, let's say this is say you were trying I hope to I'm right on that grinder. Thing. I don't know. <laughs> so say you wanted to like meet a girl and have a good relationship. Match. And you said, Match. I'm going to meet her on grinder or I'm going to meet her on Tinder. 
Hey, Justin, where'd you meet your girlfriend? Tinder. What's the, what correlates to that for most people? Probably something kind of dirty. I get, you know what I'm saying? Like it's for hoes. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that that's how it is with hinge. I don't feel like that, but yeah, that's good. So it's a more acceptable, appropriate. It just depends on who you are, what's acceptable or, or what's not, I guess it's just another. So, I mean, one year I had 900 hours of overtime. You equate that to a daily work. Like what, how long are you at work or how many days out of the year? It's like every day out of the year. So back in the day, a buddy of mine, we were going to outside lands. So I went up to San Francisco. He's like, dude, just get on dating websites. Or uh, not websites, dating apps. I'm like, no, I don't have a problem talking to girls. You were like me. I'm not saying I'm the most suave talking to girls. I'm just saying I don't have a problem trying to spit whatever game I think I have. It's not even really game. I just can, you know, start making conversation. I don't have that issue of fear of doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. He's like, dude, just do it. So I was up there for four days. And on the second day, I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'll, I'll go out. I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not even in back home. No one's going to see me as like this thing that you have this association. Oh, you're on a dating website, website or a app. Like something's wrong with you or whatever, which are all the things that I thought, which is why I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Anyways, ended up doing it. Actually ended up meeting some people because over there, your daily life is such a hustle, you know? Everything is just go, 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 go. How do you end up meeting people? You say, well, Jason, how did they meet people prior to that? True. But things evolve. When you have mass people doing a thing, at some point, you're like, oh, well, everyone's doing it. Look at everyone else's iPhone or some sort of smartphone. What was it like prior to that? Dude, why would you spend 300 bucks on a phone? I get this one for 99. I remember the CEO of uh, Microsoft it wasn't Bill Gates at the time. He said, I have, and I remember the inf, like as an infomercial, he says, I have this flip phone, $99. Essentially, it gets you from point A to point B with what you need this phone for. Why would you spend, or I think it was 500 bucks for the first iPhone. Why would you do that? So what I'm saying is, as the culture shifts and things are the way they are with how you communicate with people, nobody has a flip phone. There's one guy that I know who has a flip phone. I won't say his name, but it's he's an old cat. He, yeah. he he chose to keep it forever. And it he is much like us in the sense he keeps things clean. Pristine flip phone for like 13 years, dude. Battery guy, never died. I know a guy has a flip phone. He's our age. Really? But he's out of prison. That's the reason why he's got a flip like phone Like he now. can't afford. Yeah, like okay. he's got a little flip phone. He probably yeah. had it in and prison. And it's nothing wrong with it. You make phone calls. It's all good. I'm just simply saying when one thing may seem at the time... Like, what are you doing? Like iPhones and flip phones, you know, I correlate that to the the dating apps, right? And people use them for however they want. Some people are just trying to get laid every weekend with some different girl, whatever. Other people are like, well, I work a lot. What's out there? I don't have time. Is there anybody else out there? It just is like a part of things now. But I mean, by far, hands down, just organic. I would is the best a million times. Not even it's not even. Yeah, like there's we're gonna, no comparison. Like dude. we're gonna go to Mason later tonight. Mason is a local restaurant in our in our hometown, and they have a bar and a restaurant, and it's kind of the the more lively space, lively restaurant in the area. Organic would be meeting a woman there, 
and trying to, you know, yeah, essentially spark a conversation. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too. It's not just dating apps, right? So they've got a stigma dating apps and maybe not anymore. I don't really know. I don't really care, but Instagram, that's the number one. You you get in on the DMS, right? Oh man. They slid into my DM and you're doing the same damn thing. It's just maybe not as, I, I don't know. I don't even know if anyone cares. Does anybody care? If you are people hiding there on dating apps anymore? Yeah, bro. And oh, that's really? why Instagram is the number one dating app. It's the number one dating app. I'm pretty sure that's fact. Really? Like if you look up the stats on it in terms of how many people are registered to dating apps and then how many people use Instagram. For, I mean, think about it. You can, it's like having a girl's number, but not having her number directly. Yeah. You, you can, have instant access. Instant access, dude. Even if you're, she's private, you can still message her. She just won't get the. She'll get it in the message request. She doesn't yeah. follow you, but Maybe it's still I start slipping. You can get in front of her. Is what I'm saying. You can get yeah. in front of her. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, teach okay. your own. That's how things yeah, are. Whatever. But, okay, so how many girls do you think you've gone on dates with from the app? Like met at a coffee oh, shop. Oh man, this is gonna make me look weak. <laughs> really? Uh, well, yeah. I thought it was be- a lot, bro. No, no, because I'm not doing it for maybe reasons other people just want to go through and yeah. like blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not really doing that. And, and essentially I don't even have time to do that. Me being on the app is speaking for itself. Right. Cause I don't have time to go out and organically yeah. all the time. And, and I mean, I do, but it was just something, like I said, started back in San Francisco and he's like, dude, it, nobody cares. Everybody in the city is on this. So, so then it just was like, Oh, all right. This is acceptable. You and I have talked about this before. So to answer your question real quick. Yeah. I mean, just like meat for coffee. Like 50. No. Less? Oh, way less, dude. Yeah. But because I'm pretty selective. Right. And you have, you have (laughs) standards. I have. That you're looking. Okay. uh, Yeah. Because it's never been about. The other way. What's the typical conversation between you and a woman oh, man. at coffee? Because I know where you take the conversation because you're trying to vet out this woman to see if For she's sure. a good woman. 100%. And you're, so you're going to ask or you're going to guide the conversation as such yeah. to try to have, so you can extract pieces yep. of it while her telling you directly yeah. she's masculine or feminine. Yeah. Basically, that's what a bull said. We want a feminine woman. So you say things. I mean, I do. I, right. I don't want a a chick that acts like a dude. Right. So tell me, so tell me what, what, and how they contend with you. Cause I know there's been women that contend with you on the, on, on certain topics that are relative to what you value as the man looking for the woman. Well, man, that's a good question. I mean, I just start engaging in conversation, how anything starts, you know? Okay. So let's say I meet up with a girl and, you know, she looks a certain way, right? She looks pretty, let's say. Maybe yeah. I'll say, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, nice to meet you, whatever. You know, this, you look really nice. Blah. So have you ever been here before? You know, where are you from? You know, what's what's your, your story with that? I like this. This is what I get here at coffee. Can I get you something? You know, what do you want? Oh, you don't have to pay for it. No, that's all cool. I invited you out here. It's all good. It's it's no big deal. So what, what do you she's, want? She's already being, she's already being disingenuous because she knows that the man's going to pay for it. Dude. So, well, but so that not necessarily some girls 
will be adamant that you do not pay because they're and independent. you got to feel that vibe out right because they're independent because they want to prove it to you yeah and what's funny about that is because I'm, I'm not that way and i mean if a girl wants to pay i'm not fighting the girl on it but remember so there's a good and bad to that also i actually admire when a girl will offer to pay without hesitation not being coy and kind of like she does it totally free will and kind of like, no, 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 I got this. If I go back and I say, no, it is, it's fine. I, like I said, I, I invited you out here. I, I got this. It's okay. And she is cool with that. I'm like, that's really cool. And I'll always say, thank you for, you know, wanting to pay. I appreciate that. Cause I do appreciate that because you know, you meet people, you don't know what's going to go. Dude. I remember before dating apps, I was just meeting girls when I got back and, uh, after other things had happened and, you know, I was in that realm again to start meeting girls. And as a 27 year old who doesn't have a full-time job yet, cause I was going to school and I started working outages, um, depending on whether or not they had one or two a year, depending on how much money I had. So I was taking the girls to dinner because I thought, well, this is what you do. Kind of old school like that, I guess. This you take a girl to dinner, you meet her, you ask her to dinner. Right. Dude, the bill started getting insane every week. And I'm not saying that I always took girls out. I'm not trying to put that out there. I'm just saying it happened enough to where the weekend now taking girls out that you have no idea if you ever want to talk to them again before dinner, right? And you just spent 60 bucks, 70 bucks on dinner. And sometimes, I remember this one girl one time, dude, it was like the seafood special and it was $65. And in my mind, so you're talking about extracting information. Well, I just oftentimes don't even say anything and just see how things go. And she's like, yeah, I'll take that. And it just, so unspoken, right? Inside, I just thought, huh. And there's nothing, I never said anything. I, you know, I freely offered to take you out all this stuff. And you went and got the most expensive dish and you got some wine. That's a lot of money for me back yeah. then, right? And just so socially, what I would have, if, if I was interested in a girl, what I would think would happen would be the, you know, conscious, courteous thing to maybe not get the most expensive thing with somebody who's invited you out for the first time because you understand the social dynamic behind where this may or may not go, right? Well, that's the problem. You're not taking advantage of it. Now, you said to it. each their own, you just but said it. who are you as a person? Like I would never do that. Say the roles were reversed. Right. I would never do that ever. I would never even think to get the most expensive thing. I would actually be conscious of that because I understand money. And right. Because it doesn't you, have, come, you know, yes, but, but I came from a different place where yeah. I was broken, you know, but it's not just that you came from a different place. It's that you're a man and you have to go out, create your wealth. Women yeah. are already born into it. Women. This is a double standard that exists with women. They can go anywhere and get everything paid for anywhere and get everything paid for. Why? Because men want to coerce them into sex. One, that's one's main desire for a man is that he wants to get sex. Two, we have a natural innate urgency to take care of women. 
So even if that's giving her shit or protect whatever provision or protection, we have that innate desire to want to do that to a woman. Okay. And then when there's possibly sex on the other end, well, then that's the motive. So all those things together in that well, equation. you want to procreate, right? Yeah. Okay. So yes, procreate. going further. Yes. Procreate. Yeah. Exactly. But when I said you said it, you would not take advantage of somebody. Whereas women oh, don't yeah. necessarily care to not take advantage of you. Oh, and, and they oftentimes use times. Yes. The often, other way, dude. And I've heard women speak about this like, oh yeah, I just go out cause I know I can get drinks and you know, she's gorgeous, tall, olive skin, dark hair, green eyes. You get what you want. If yeah. you're that person, you can literally get what you want. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. But so the, just who you are as a person and being mature, recognizing, Hey, this dude, if you're a chick, this dude probably works for his money. I'm just, you know, from my point of view, because I don't know anybody who's rich that doesn't have to work for their money. Even rich people still have right. to work for their money. They're just really good at doing it. Um, understanding that nothing in this life is for free. I don't care if you didn't have to work for it. Somebody did somewhere down the line. It's how things go. So I just would never think to take advantage of somebody's hard earned money simply because I had the opportunity to. Yeah. I'd be thinking the other way. And yeah, most women, and I say most because not all women are like this. Most women don't really care. They they may care to some degree, but not enough to not take advantage of the resource and the time with you to take advantage of that particular I, thing. I mean, I would certainly say that. Not every woman, but yeah, most women. I, I would say there has been a lot of women who has shown that and showed that while I was taking them out to dinner in my uh, younger years of dating. And then I stopped taking girls out to dinner, dude. I just started going to get coffee. Coffee, Because yeah. you don't know, man. I'd be in the middle of a dinner thinking, I've got to leave. Oh, my gosh. I got to leave. Well, and the thing is with <laughs> dinner, that's an intimate setting. It is. You're breaking but, bread with somebody. And I yeah. don't necessarily want to have that intimate setting with somebody I don't no. know. And that may have been a ignorance on my behalf. I just thought that's what you did. You saw exactly. a girl. You talk to them. You like them. You take them out to dinner. It's the formal, nice thing to do. But um, I have since then evolved How into many? just trying to, you know, just in a little bit at a time where coffee's more or less pretty benign in regards to a time B money. Um, and it's just easier for everything to flow on a, a uh, in a place where there's not a lot of loss, whether it works out or doesn't work out. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you are actively dating and something doesn't work out, what is it? What do you do? You're probably going to go try to be, go find someone else and possibly take someone else on a date. So these things add up your time again, going back to the dating website, you know, you can start talking to somebody without, um, I keep saying website app. Um, you can start talking to someone with no investment at all on any level. And I think, that's where a lot of people tend to go because there's nothing spent other than time on your phone, maybe working out some things to where, yeah, this ain't going to happen. Well, and on the other yeah. end too, when you meet for coffee, you're stimulated because you have caffeine in you. So you get to kind of see a different side of that person where you wouldn't see them at dinner because now they're kind of working off of all cylinders. So you might get to see an, ex a, you know, a little bit more of an, uh, 
I guess, a, a accentuated version yeah. of them. And that could be a good thing because that could tell you, I don't want you or I do want you more, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, you know, back to the dating app, dude, I know so many people have gotten married and have good marriages True. right now. Off True. That. That's not to say what's going to happen in 20 years. I don't know. I'm just simply saying the fact that it works for some True. people. I agree. You know, uh, I think it's just another mix. It's another way that society has went and it's just like another it's another road to go down to try to find the thing that you're looking for. Yeah. Whatever that may be. How many times has a woman told you, I don't need a man. I want a man. Gosh, I want to say like every time. Wow. That's insane. Well, because there's an insecurity there, right? What they're really saying, in my opinion, is I want to put out there that I may, regardless of whatever level of neediness I have, I don't want you to know that. I want to word it in a different way. So you understand that I am strong and I could be on my own and I don't need you. But really, there is a need. W whatever that need is, but there's a reason why you're talking to someone. You want something that's, that's like a need, you know, like maybe you need the companionship or maybe something's going on in your life or whatever you're, you're needing to fulfill the desire to, to be with someone, whatever that is, it's still a need. So it seems to me that it's a protection around looking weak in that regard, you know? Yeah. But also that need is what attracts people. And that's why people get together because they essentially both have something they're looking for. Can we accommodate this? Can we get together? Will this work out? You know what I mean? It's getting fulfilled what yeah. they're looking for. So, And oftentimes a woman will say that too when she has a lot of options. A lot of options of men that let's say could take care of her. But they it, don't really see. And also it depends on if the woman makes a lot of money, makes a good living for herself. It, you know what it comes down to I think is just the level of confidence. Because here's the deal. Have you ever went and told a woman, I'm a strong man? Yes. Oh, really? Because I am. What, why I'm, would you I'm, say that? I'm, well, I'm masculine. So you don't need to be, a, a, by, by definition, a strong man. Because strong can be relevant to things that you're engaged well, or in. Or just your right? attitude. Yeah. Your attitude. What I am is masculine. I'm masculine in my perception. I'm masculine in all these different character traits that I, that I embody mentally and in terms of my pursuit in life and how I move. So but I guess what I'm asking is, do you start off a conversation? You're getting to know someone. You just say, hit him. Boom. I'm a strong masculine Bro, dude. it comes off in what I choose to talk about because I navigate the conversation. Yeah. And I want them to know that because I don't want to waste time. And so when they, if, if, if they hit me with something that is independent woman based, I let them know right out of the gate. Don't you think that's a little bit masculine for you to say that? Oh, really? Do you think that a man wants an independent woman? Or do you think a man wants his woman to codepend on him? Because he's the protection. He's the provider. He's the provisionary, essentially. You seek security and refuge, right? Correct. What do we seek? Femininity. I don't seek another fucking man. If that were the case, I would be gay. So what I'm saying is I seek femininity, which is the polar opposite of what I am. 
you seek masculinity. You do, if you don't, you probably should because that's the way we got to this civilization in the first place. A man seeks out a woman, a masculine seeks out feminine. So, or masculine, masculine, masculinity seeks out femininity. That's just how this thing works the best, optimal, okay? It doesn't mean that you can't make things happen or work if they're, if they're, you know, you're a little bit more masculine and feminine than the other one and the other one's more feminine and, you know, whatever, there's a spectrum here, right? Doesn't mean that they can't work, but doesn't mean it's optimal. No, just because something is able to facilitate doesn't mean it's optimal. I'm talking about, I want optimum. So in my optimum relationship with a woman, she's got to have qualities that center around femininity. So yeah. is she supportive? Is she inspirational? Is she submissive, etc.? Cooperative? Did she give me peace? That's what I seek out. I do not seek out chaos. I have enough chaos as it is as a man. So those are the things I seek out. If you cannot give me those things, we stop here. And there's another element to being a masculine man, which is basically leadership and guidelines, putting boundaries on things, having standards, etc. If you don't have those and you're lackadaisical, so to speak, and you're kind of wishy-washy and you can be easily malleable to your surroundings, well, that's not so much stoic, right? That's not so much. That's no security. In that. You're not, yeah, you're not secure. And that's not something that a woman finds attractive. I would say generally not. Yeah. Well, the woman that I want and the women yeah, that are, so that, so that there's women, a thing, right? Yeah. What do you want? Uh, and a lot of people, but I'm not too far off of things. what all men want. They just, I don't think so. I think generally speaking, that's correct. Unless the man is a little bit of a, is a little bit on the spectrum of a beta male. And I don't like to talk about alpha and beta, but if the, if the man is seeking out attention and this is basically predicated on his sexual market value. Does he have options? Is he, because he created himself to the level where he can have options. Is he, is, okay, so these things are, is he tall? Is he in shape? Does he make a lot of money? Is he attractive, etc.? These things are what women typically will seek out because they, they're centered or oriented around security and protection. And that's what a woman firstly seeks out. It's going to be typically security, protection, provision. What more does a woman want? We can add faithfulness to that, right? Loyalty. Well, yeah, I would say they'd want to be loved. No. You don't they, so? No, I know so. Really? And if you if you have a you panel of women and you ask them that question, would you rather take love or... Oh, well, I was just adding two. Yeah, but they can do without that. They can do without... not Not to the sense of like no love at all. But if it came down to one or the other, security and protection and provision or just love, hmm. no, they're going to choose the security, protection, and provision over the love only. So I guess there's multiple ways we can go in this conversation, but when it, when it boils, the reason why I asked you about Bumble is because I, I know the women nowadays, they move differently and they act differently, especially the ones that you're meeting. Maybe I'm going to get back on Bumble. Increase it. Increase it. Oh, I don't know. Uh, The thing is, is that like, and I don't typically like having this conversation with people, not even with like, well, with homies is different, dude, but it's like with people in general, because I don't by nature want to ruffle feathers. 
Sure. And I mean, you're going to ruffle feathers saying all the stuff you just said. You do, for sure. And I understand what I'm saying on this platform with people listening in London and fucking wherever you're listening, Canada. Listen, I understand it's going to ruffle some feathers. I mean well, people. What I'm saying is this is what typical masculine men seek out. They may not, they may not automatically admit it, but it's what they gravitate towards. Well, and it's really the the foundation of society. Right. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Women are the foundation of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what you think. I really don't. But there, it's like Dave Chappelle said, there is not one person on this earth who has not came from in between a woman's leg. Right. It's all women who have done that right. period. There's no discussion. There's nothing else you can actually say different. No debate. Yeah. There's zero debate. That's fact. It's not saying anything other than just speaking the fact that is what has occurred. So foundational society to actually have people, women are necessary. Uh, I think they should be respected among anything else simply because you and I are here for that. Who, who do we have to owe for that? And yeah, we mom and dad got together, but the mom, man, is like the foundation of right. life and is the foundation of society simply, you know, among other many other important attributes, but they give life. However, talking about masculinity, a lot of people don't like masculinity. Oh, why does a man have to be a man? Well, let me tell you why a man has to be a man. Just look around you. And this now is getting granular, right? In your city... Who are the plumbers in your city? Who is reconnecting your electricity in a storm? Who is putting their line with thousands of volts, disconnecting, reconnecting, make sure you have power. Who's doing that? Who's welding? Who is building your house? Skyscrapers. Who is physically out there doing the work? Now, some may argue, well, men have never let women enter the workforce, blah, blah. Hey, we're in an age right now. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Whatever you right? want. Right? Mm-hmm. And there may be struggles one way or the other. Maybe I'm a weak guy and like some construction crew doesn't want me because I'm weak and I'm a dude. It's not sure. necessarily female male, but I would say we're at a peak of everybody being equal and being able to do things as, 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 long, as far as what's being said about each other. Yeah. But that's not really the fact. The fact is, by and large, men are men and women are women. They Men are stronger than women. And any women out there that have a problem with that, I think you're in a, a different mindset. No, this is a biological me. fact. You're stating a biological fact. Well, it's, it's not to demean the women. It's not to say they're any less. I'm just simply saying... I mean, no, we're stronger than you. I could kick your ass, period. (laughs) Women, I know you want to, you don't want to, you know, contend with that. Right. So I had a a buddy's wife had said, um, she was talking about this and I just brought it up because I knew I would never, I would (laughs) never, but come on. So I knew what I was doing because I knew the audience, but I asked, I basically made the statement and I said, yeah, you know, men are stronger than women. That's just a fact, generally speaking. And she, oh man. And I knew it was going to light her off. And I kind of did it on purpose because I just wanted to engage in the, in the logic behind why what I was saying was fact. So we get into it and I'm like, look, you get in the military. Okay. Right away from day one, 
who has to do more push-ups? Who has to have a faster runtime? And I, I don't know, maybe things have changed now. I, I kind of doubt it. But when I was going through, where was the delineation on physicality? It was whether or not you're a woman or whether or not you're a man. This girl tried to argue with me and say, well, Jason, they're just putting women down by forcing them to have a lower standard. Oh, really? You think all the military men have created this program to purposefully have a weaker person. The military, you're telling me, wants to have a weak military. That's what you're telling me. So they're going to purposely, because you're a woman and they find no value in you, we're going to only set your bar so low. And if that's the case, you don't have to stay there. You can do more. You can prove yourself. And guess what? By far, none of the girls did that. They were all very much on a lower level of physicalness. Now, some girls were badass runners. They got stamped. You know, I'm not saying that there aren't some out there who are pre-near yeah, they're, they're athletic. For sure. Yeah, there are outliers. great outliers. So then I said, okay, well, let's not talk about the military. Let's talk about the Olympics. Let's put top-tier male Olympian in his class of whatever he's his um, his game is, whatever he's sport. doing, the sport. And then go top-tier woman, top. And I told her, I was like, so let's lay some ground rules. We know for a fact United States is putting all of their time, effort, money into this premier athlete woman. Nobody's holding her back. Everybody is giving her every possible tool to exceed. And much of that is on her own will because she's there because she kicked ass throughout the whole time and now she's the Olympian. Go take a male. Who is going to win? I mean, just look at the transgender swimmer. Dude, just annihilating the best swimmer. The and and he was ranked. I think four hundred. Right. He was ranked four hundred. He beat the best woman swimmer. Not even. It wasn't even close, dude. It was so. It was such. So if that was, um, it was such a disgrace to these other top tier athletes. Not a disgrace on their behalf, but a disgrace that we're not recognizing that the dude is out and not outmatched. The woman is outmatched compared to number 400. Yeah. Not even Olympian, dude. We're talking collegiate athlete, mm. 400th. And he is killing it. So, you know, and, and I'm always open to changing, right? I'm always open. My number one goal is, okay, what is the truth? What is really the truth? That's right. what I'm seeking. I'm not seeking my own bias to be stoked or stroked sure. for that matter. What is the truth? The truth is, that's what it is. Men are generally stronger than women. If somebody can explain to me how that's not the general truth and make it make sense, I'm totally down, dude. Well, we have... Totally down have, to hear that. We have data to support that men It's are not even data. It's your daily life. Just that's look what I'm around, saying by open data, up for yourself. That's what I mean by yeah. data. We have that data in terms of yeah. how women operate and how men operate and how and their, physical, their physicalities, their strengths. That we know that men are far stronger than women are even in a general on a general consensus level like there are there are obviously outliers that we talked about yeah. anomalies etc yeah i mean but look at serena the general, williams dude serena uh -huh. williams 
She yes. look at her body, her physique, dude. She is insane. Badass athlete. You know what she said? She was interviewed. She's like, I can't compete. There's no way I can compete with a mediocre tennis player that's a male who's in oh, that level. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a video, dude. I watched it. That's crazy. It's wild. And she is, you just look at, she is a unit. She is a specimen, dude. Yeah, yeah, she She's is. an amazing, gifted woman, and she admits it. So here I'm talking to my buddy's wife, who is my buddy's wife, not that physical, whatever. And then she's trying to deny the fact that Serena Williams is saying, yeah, hey, look, sweetie, you're not what you think you are. I'm the best and I am nowhere close. Well, women you operate know, and, on... Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a pride thing. It's, it's somehow we're getting away from what is natural in that regard. Uh, like there's a spectrum, but generally it's like toxic masculinity. Why is that an issue? Why is that something bad? And it's always this twist on it when really if everybody operated in like that natural sense and you maybe respected a woman because she gives life and you treated her better. I'm not saying men haven't treated women poorly. Absolutely. That's why we have problems. That's probably why we're at now. Dudes have done a lot of it to themselves being the way that they are, not really understanding a woman and being able to respect her in the way that she needs to. So we can all be in harmony, right? Like, Hey, it's okay. I will go dig out that trench. I will go lay in other people's sewage welding this. You can, you don't have to do that. I will do that because I'm the man, right? I mean, dude, it just look on your look at your daily life. Just you personally. Don't even listen to me. What women are doing man's jobs. And how many women really inside their heart right now, all the women hating on this, how many women want to be in someone else's sewage making a wage? No, exactly. I mean, like how many? Not that many. How many women want to be all day out in the field leveling and grading, being around the dust, the diesel, the mechanical equipment, being in, I mean, underwater welding, one of the most dangerous jobs, right? Like how many women do you know really stepping into those positions? And then how many men do it? And there's a bunch of people that I don't, you know, my own, I got my own definition of what a man is and what a man should be. Cause I think when realized there's actual harmony in accepting, recognizing your role and then going about that, you know, in a general sense. But uh, I don't see it. I don't see what you can say. What's a man's job and a woman's job. Again, generally speaking, most women don't want to go do that. Dude, how many women are out there mowing the lawn? And if the man's not out there mowing the lawn and you got the woman out there mowing the lawn and whatever, if you want that, that's all cool with you. But I'm just saying, again, generally speaking, it ain't happening, dude. Right. Those are certain roles that you should adopt willingly as the man. Well, you, so, so there it goes, right? Like naturally we're going to be protectors. Naturally, it's not that we're saying you're so delicate, you can't do anything. We respect the value of a woman. It's like if you had a, a fine piece of China. You're going to subject it to all of these hazards? No, you're not. You're going to keep it protected. You're going to keep it in its base. Kids get too close to it. You're going to kick them out of the way and be like, eh, eh, no, 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 no. Everybody, this is the fine piece of China. We do as much as we can to protect this. You know what I mean? 
So I don't know why it's such a conflict when a lot of women, like you're saying, want to be protected, but yet on the same token, they'll tell me, you know, something like, oh, well, you know, no, that's not true. Men are holding women down. That's why we're weaker or whatever that, you know, what I was talking about the military, dude, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Certainly not a woman I'm looking for, uh, to tell me that she's going to step in front of a bullet for me in a general protect. I mean, it'd be tight if a girl had that mentality that she loved me that much that she would be willing to sacrifice that for me. But I would never expect that. That is me to do that. I will, I will take that on, but that's my mentality of what I think it, you know, the natural process is for those types of things. I will go break my back doing the work, bring home the paycheck and not saying you can't work, but I will go do it unequivocally. That is my job. I am made to take care of me personally. Women don't think to put themselves in harm's way for the man because biologically the reason why men think that way is because they need their lineage. They they will they will essentially put themselves in front of a bullet for a woman to preserve the woman. You well, let me say this. You would think that would be the general role of the dude. Yeah. You would hope that would be society wise that a man will go and protect a woman. You yeah. would hope that because what that's does that the, do? That makes a good society. Instead, now you got a bunch of people saying, hey, down with your masculinity. And you don't have men that have that drive. And it takes drive to be willing to step in front of a bullet. You know what I'm saying? No, it you takes have, honor. You have to it takes honor. It takes honor. Nobility. So it's like, well, that's an sure. honorable yeah. thing to do. But see, when men automatically adopt that. That's something of vir- virtue for us. So we want to do that. It's not like we... And I was speaking drive to protect. The oh, drive okay. yeah, behind yeah, yeah. why you're doing this thing is sure. for the protection so you do it. But how many women do you know think that way? Dude, I don't even think that that comes up. I have brought things, I have brought subjects like that up because I'm I'm looking for a certain type of woman, certain qualities, right? And so I ask these leading questions. And it's like it's not even a concept to them. And a lot of the reason why is because people live in a bubble. People live in a bubble, dude. Everything's good on the Central Coast. I've never actually had to experience anybody robbing my house. I've never actually had to experience anything because I've always lived a cushy life. They're not aware or live in a sense where this could be a possibility. So therefore, I should respect the fact that someone wants to protect me. Oh, it never happens. It's fine. I don't need that. Oh, this. Oh, that. And it's like, dude, you don't know the real world like outside the Central Coast. You don't know what it's like. You know, so I, I don't know, man. I just... I see things probably a little different than a lot of people out there, but, uh, you know, it's just like, wait a minute. These are core fundamental things that seem to be when you lose sight of that society really starts to erode, you know, fatherless kids. Yeah. Like, dude, if, so this whole abortion thing's coming around, right? And I got my own things. If someone can explain to me how you're not killing the baby, make it make sense to me, I'm on board. But you go there to kill the thing. You literally have to kill it because it's living. It's the thing that you don't want for whatever your reason is. So starting off on the foundation that you're killing it, really the, the question is, how much do you value life? That's the core of society. How much do we value life? How much do we value the woman? How much do we value the man? Why are we doing this thing? Why, why is life something to value? And if it is something to value, where does that line get drawn with 
in terms with an abortion because you are killing the thing. Now, some people just say, yeah, sure, kill it. I don't want the stress. I don't want all this. And that's like a whole freaking thing to unwrap. But I'm just simply saying the fact that you value life, we get away from that. So the man not being there for the, the child, what I mean, you, you know, the stats behind how many kids get into bad situations and, you know, the apple doesn't fall so far from the tree and they're in and out of jail. All this, a lot of that stems from fatherless children, mm-hmm. not having a father. And yeah. why is that? Kids don't have protection. You're right. You know, an unruly boy, not saying that women can't do it. Great single moms. Totally. What you would want, though ultimate scenario the most beneficial is to have a man who gives that family security Mm -hmm. i mean it's a it's something not that far of a reach to grasp why that would work and we see it when it doesn't work meaning there's no father there we see the erosion of what happens so it all ties together it's all very simple and logical to me people try to convolute it well what about this scenario and like you get down in this granularity yeah everyone's got their story whatever generally speaking fatherless families have a disadvantage period yeah i agree it just is what it is you it's right. statistics psychologists right. like people know this we used to have value in a nuclear family why mother father right. kids cycle continues society we value life we value those things and we got a break right here i gotta piss so we'll be right back folks one second and we're back just (sighs) stepping in for just i felt so good man yeah i think you just edited over the whole podcast we just recorded dude did you I think so. I think I erased it all. Ah, okay. I'll be drinking another bang. <laughs> What's up? Y'all do this Bangs all night. It doesn't night. even matter. We will transition from conversation to conversation. It does not matter. And people are probably at this point thinking, dude, what, we started off at trucks. Dude. And like I could go a deeper sense of that. And you know what's funny is because I just, uh, during the intermission, got on my phone and I saw this quote. It said, if you're in your lane, there's no traffic. That's such a good quote, Dude, man. Think about that. That's if such you're a good in quote. your lane, there's no traffic. It's such a good quote because that's so simple to understand. And it's something that we should understand. But we don't because we always get out of our fucking lane. <laughs> always. Losing focus, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So anyways, it just seems like things are. We're talking about abortion, right? Well, society, and then you know that abortion did come up, and why we value the woman, and it comes back to you know generally we value life, and so an argument on the pro-choice side is well, my body, my choice, right? The argument on the pro-life side is well, we view it as killing something a person, a human, and they'll say, well, what point conception, whatever the delineation is, you know, philosophically speaking, it'd be like, well, when does somebody get the soul? When does that happen? And no one will ever know that. We don't know. Is there a soul? Are you admitting that there's a soul now? Now that's going to open up a whole nother can of worms. You know what I mean? When you really start getting deep into meanings and what does one thing mean? What's the deductive reasoning behind that now that you just said a soul. So there are spirits. So, is God out of the realm of thinking that... Is soul a spirit? You know, I, what is it? I'm just simply saying, if you're acknowledging 
the fact that it's not a body until a soul, you have to now answer the question, well, what is a soul? Have you ever it, seen a dead leading. body? You've seen a dead body, right? Yeah. It's, it's so crazy how it's just lifeless. Like you know something is missing yeah. within that person, you know? Even though the body is still there, it's all intact. It's oh, dude, so crazy. It is crazy. Have you ever seen somebody die? Yeah. Oh, no. Dude, it's wild. You know what? Hospice people, people uh-huh. in hospice. I had a grandma that went out and hospice was there taking care of her. And, uh, you know, all the accolades to those people. I would never want to do that job. Just the, the utter sadness that you're seeing other people go through. You know, the whole, you're, you're watching, you're basically assisting people dying in the sense that it seems to me, my perspective is you're trying to accommodate their death to be as comfortable as possible for right. when that time comes. And uh, when you talk about lifeless and you see somebody um, and, and then, you know, they're gone. You you like, they're gone. It's wild. It's like, what's that connection? How do you know? I mean, you can see them. They're not breeding all these things or whatever state that they're in. Um, pretty wild, though. My grandma went out like that. And they actually have this book that tells you the stages of where they're at. Unconscious. You read through, you say, now they're in. So basically, and I don't remember verbatim, but one of the sections basically was saying, well, now they're entering like this acceptance period inside of them. They're lifeless right right now. But you read this book and they're like, yeah, they're probably at this stage. They have now accepted that they're dying. They may want to die now. And all this stuff, it's like, how do you know that? What is happening? And but. And it's almost like when you're reading this and you're there with them for a couple days or whatever timeline you're on that you're there and hospice is there. It's like it all is making sense. Now, maybe it's just because I'm reading it. So I'm in my mind saying that that's what's happening simply because I'm reading it and I have no other explanation. But it sure does seem that that's like what is actually happening, what that person's actually going through at those stages. It's crazy. They talk about like this. Um it's it's uh, it's like a cackle almost. It's like their death breath. Hmm. It, it like pops, and then they die. Really? Oh, dude, wild! I had no idea. I've never seen it. Death is such in a, that regard on hospice is what I'm talking about. Death is such a crazy thing, man. And there's so many. Do you think there's there's probably I'm sure some level of neurochemicals that are released. Like right beforehand, I yeah I would yeah. What happens no when you idea. transition out? Like what what happens? Who knows, man? man? I mean, some people know or feel they know whatever faith that they have. Um, other people who have no faith that there's any beyond. It's just we're all living organisms, and whatever we do is whatever we do. There's no there's no reason, you know. There's no higher power. Yeah, it, it that's doesn't, a, you know. It's yeah. a conversation, man, because like I, I feel, I don't feel, I think I go back and forth between what I think and as far like, as what, as far as, cause I believe in certain things yeah. and I also believe in God, yeah. but some of the things that I believe in kind of contradict their being a God, you yeah. know, or they're needing, but they're needing to be a sure, God. Sure. So like, where does my truth really lie? Not my truth, but where does like the, the, where does my belief really lie? Like, I yeah. don't even know. I sometimes don't even know. And yeah. that's, that's I a hard that's thing to contend when, with, man. People would say faith would step in. 
Yeah, but faith is like very nebulous. It's just one of those things that you're told to have in in rough times. Sure. Whereas if I have an aim, let's say we faith never. Let's say we don't even know the word faith, and that never existed. Yeah. If somebody says you just have to focus on doing something, focus on that thing and making it everything that you visualize, and one day it will materialize into something. Yeah. There you go. Right. So. Faith is kind of the same thing, but in a spiritual sense, it's for things that are not yet seen or done. What's the, what's the definition of it? Like things that are not yet uncovered, but like you see them, but they're not yet real or whatever. So, well, I think it's something unseen that you have to believe is there. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. You can't, you can't just go and say, oh yeah, look at this speaker in front of my face. Exactly. Before you knew what air was. You're but, breathing something, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, that's more so the definition. Yeah. That's sort of analogous to an aim, having an aim. Yeah. You don't know where that aim is going to take you. All you know is you're focused on that. Your brain is orienting itself towards specifics or or the specifics of that said thing like that you visualize. Like you're saying you give yourself faith by having something to work towards. Sort of, yeah. So it's not in a spiritual sense, a higher power, it's. The faith is what you're doing in your right, creator. right, yeah. And then they also say faith at all actions is dead, or faith at all works is dead. So it's like yeah. that's essentially. I've had this conversation with a couple different people on the podcast. That's essentially, like by extension, it seems like that's God's way of saying you still got to go out and do shit, bro. You still have to put an aim out there. Like the aim is the is is the the pursuit that you're after. Yeah. And you having faith that one day that's going to materialize into something, your works are not going to go, you know, they're not going to fall on the ground and not have, not produce any fruit. But until that happens, you have to keep on this focus. You have to keep this aim intact. Sure, sure. So, but it's also like saying, I just have an aim and I'm working towards that aim, period. Yeah. It has nothing to do with faith at that point. Or does it? You know what I mean? Well, I think... With what you're speaking to, the fact that you're putting something in, effort in, you are going to get something out. That's the ultimate goal. Right? I know I'm going to do this. Am I successful yet? No, but I know I will So what's be. the point of faith then? Well, in what sense? <laughs> Biblically in that sense. speaking? No, no, not biblically. But in that sense, like, what's the point of faith if I have an aim? Well, if we didn't have any examples of what happens after perseverance, why would we do anything? But that's all predicated on the human and his actions. Exactly. But where does this nebulous term of faith come into co- well, I mean, come into actual? Faith comes in from I think spiritual. Yeah, but is that something that is real, oh, or is, is it just real? is it just, just the a manifestation acting? of what we're doing? Exactly what yeah, I'm what saying. We're acting. Yeah, out, exactly. Yeah. Well, in those in that context, I would say it's synonymous. Yeah, it right. Is that's that, the best that's answer for sure. Is. Yeah. You know, but obviously there's a bigger question of, well, now what about religion? What is that right. part of it? And the things that you alluded to, well, sometimes I believe this, but then this doesn't seem this way. Um, yeah, want, it's like, you want to know my opinion? Yes. After I tell you one thing. Okay. I think I believe in evolution. No, nope, I'm going to shut you down right now. I think I'm, I believe. I'm shut you down, <laughs> well, the thing is, the reason why I say that is I, I feel like evolving is a real thing. Okay. But in what context? Like humans. Yes. 
but in that's what it. Context? That's all I believe in. That's all I believe. That's not all I like believe. Darwinism. I say. No, I'm saying like I don't believe we evolved from a fish or anything like that. Okay, I just yeah. think that I I think that like Homo sapiens are a real thing. And I think that it, over time we adapt to our climate, we adapt to our environment, and then by by extension we end up developing differently. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like there's logic in that and I don't go off of feelings in that regard. Cause yeah. you know, yes, I understand what you're saying. That's all. So saying. we have this gene pool of thousands of characteristics and attributes, right? So you speak to, oh, well, if it's hotter in an area, maybe, you know, you have less hair or maybe your color right. pigment is different sure. or whatever. So is a white dude who needs darker skin because of a belief in evolution, is he growing darker skin over time? Or is the gene pool so large that darker skin becomes a predominant trait because of who's surviving? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The white guy is not turning darker. Right. He lives 70 years. He's not turning. He's darker. not close to the equator. He's not like we're well, whatever the case may be. Right, that guy is not turning colors. He does whatever population-wise. Maybe it works towards that with someone who has a different color pigmentation, and that person can adapt or can survive more. Let's just say if you can't survive the sun, you're gonna die off. White dude mates with a colored woman right whatever the case is their gene pools now getting mixed in right you know what i'm saying right so was that evolution on the where's the evolution well, it's in from that? the it's lineage it's from exactly. the lineage right so the evolving that you're speaking to it totally makes sense that that happens he's just benefiting from it years later from years what his later. ancestors yeah. had had to right, go right. through because Net they were and the reason why i stay close to the equator because wasn't that the reason why mate, mate with a colored <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that the reason why people had darker skin? Because they were closer to the equator. I mean, I don't have a Jamie here. I can't fact check this shit. This is not yeah. the Rogan show. But isn't that the case? Where they were closer to the equator? I would think that. When That's you the reason go, why they were. If you go right now to the equator, who's on the equator? What is the general color of people on right. the equator? So I think that's self-explanatory. But. Now there's the Darwinism theory behind evolution, which isn't necessarily what you're speaking to, but yeah. is for some people. Some people think you actually came from an ape and that there's a missing link and all this all this other stuff, which, you know, people believe what they want to believe and someone will say this is science and someone will say this is science. Um, there are some physics. Yeah, and I'm not smart enough to have that conversation, man. I'm not smart enough to have that conversation. With <laughs> well, anyone. I'm not saying I'm smart enough either to have it, but I certainly have my opinions and what makes sense logically to me. Sure. So, yeah. So it's like on one end of the spectrum, we were planted here from God. If that's what you believe, that's, that, that, that's one story. It's biblical, right? It's biblical. Yeah. So, but on the other end, the more logical things that make sense is kind of atheistic to some degree. No, that's actually doesn't make sense. And let me just explain why. You may not know, let's just say we don't know how we got here right now. And someone is going to listen to this and say, you're an idiot because we're talking about billions of years over time, all this shit, right? Where right now do you ever see inanimate objects 
turn into something that has life. Never. There's no recording of it. In fact, we try to replicate that right now. We are trying to create life. There's this thing called the Hydron Collider. They send things at light speed and collide. And for like this split second, they say, oh my gosh, there's this life proton or neutron or whatever it is. Like I said, I'm not that educated. They're, so now think about this. Just in the basic dummy sense of you and I. We are trying to recreate creation of life. We're trying to create life. Intelligent people are trying to create life. What the other side will say is that there was nothing and by itself, no intelligent design, it decided to do its own thing. When nothing was there, nothing, literally nothing, they, they talk about nothing being a general sense, but nothing, there was some, there's some stuff out there as a mass, nucleus, proton, whatever on an at atomic level was there and that was it. Well, then the question would be, well, where did that stuff come from? Right. But you're, you're, what you're essentially saying is right now, intelligent people are trying to create life, and we've never seen non-life create itself into life. Ever. We don't see it now. We don't see it in the universe. We, there is no materialization of that. So much so that we have to try to create it. So what is at, so this thing's called Ackman's Razor. It's basically the simplest solution is typically the correct answer, right? So what makes more sense just on a daily level? That life is created by something intelligent or a non-life decides to become living? So you're just, saying just what makes we, more sense? Right, so if you're saying that if we didn't come from apes, if we didn't evolve from I'm apes. I'm not even saying evolve. I'm just saying in the beginning. Because we know the sure, universe so came I'm, from a, a singular point and it's expanding and going out. Something happened. So in that something happened, we now have this life. We now have like the perfect setup in our solar system to sustain life. A little bit closer to the sun, we'd burn up. A little bit further away, we'd freeze to death. Couldn't sustain it. Anyways, all these things, the chances of all these things happening, it's like unfathomable unfathomable right so i'm just simply saying i'm not saying i know what the intelligent design is or the creator let's say it just makes more sense to me that something intelligent had information to create something else we don't see a rock start growing legs we don't see something that's not alive become living in the sense of there was nothing and here we are. Dude, do you know how sophisticated just the eyeball is? Do you know that when it becomes dark outside, the cones and the millions of cones in the back of your eye now translate black and white better so you can see better? So we're talking, you know, a single celled organism, the amount of information like DNA wise, and I'm not even sure DNA is a term, just the information inside a single cell organism will fill up a Britannica library. A single-celled organism, you're telling me that that thing out of nothing, out of lifelessness, decided to create itself. It just, for me and my logic, makes more sense that something new to create the information in just a single-celled. 
And then now you get into other philosophical stuff like, well, what's love? What would cause the thing to come out and procreate? Why the drive for life? Because we all operate in this very specific mathematical sense, right? We explain, that's how we speak universal language, math, physics, calculus. We know how things are happening because of math. And it all happens off those same principles. And it's it's just... It's just, I can't think of it. My brain doesn't say, yeah, all this came from nothing. There's no intelligence behind the creation of the eyeball. Look at just your immune system. I mean, just the most simple, like I said, single cell organism. Look at a woman, dude, creates life. Like the baby feeding off the woman. I just heard a stat that breastfed children have, I want to say, if you were starting off going to school, and this, I could be off on this a little bit, but the point is a breastfed child getting milk from the mother starts off at like a third grade level. And a child that doesn't receive breast milk is at ground level. That's how this was being explained. And I, I didn't look it up. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Who knows if my information is correct or not? That's just some stat. Anyways, bottom line is it makes more sense to me that something intelligent created the sophisticated thing that we are now instead of something coming from nothing and now here we're at because of evolution, something that we really don't see on the day-to-day life. And like I said, people say, oh, but you're not doing it over billions of years, blah, blah, okay. It's still illogical for me to have a concept that a a non-living thing becomes living. Right, so in the in the advent of mammals being created, let's just say created for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. and then we evolved from an ape in that in that argument. We obviously evolved eyesight, ways of of navigation. We 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 adapt to our situations or our, rather our environments, and then we. We evolve based on situations, scenarios that are thrown our way, climate conditions, change, climate changes, etc. And then, okay, so where did the, you're saying, where did the mammals come from then? Like where, how did they create, how did they become created? Yeah, exactly. Right. Unless there wasn't something of higher sentient, like entity. I don't know if that's the right word, but higher entity, like a higher entity creating it first. It, and the general, what you're trying to say is just intelligent design. Sure. Because who knows what the intelligent design is. But he had to be sentient. He had to be sentient. You would assume that this entity was intelligent. Right. And there was an entity prior to, I guess. Well, and that there's emotional substrates connected to that entity because then yeah, whatever. he puts that into the mammal. Exactly. And we don't know if that even we can't. We don't know how to explain that. We yeah, for sure. Right. It's just at the basic level, like I said, does life come from non-living things, or does in my mind it something came from something living to be living? Yeah, that's a good argument that you said. Uh, you know, things don't make themselves. Like a, a an inanimate object is not going to make itself. It's not going to proliferate. It's going to just. B. Why would you? What's the why the whole thing? Well, there. Well, also, inanimate objects have no fucking life at all. At all, right? So it's like, um, exactly. Yeah, but 
then again, so this whole world was inanimate objects before life came about. Then obviously we'd have nothing, right? But there must have been some type of organelle, organism, or something or other that was, you know, maneuvering itself on Earth. And then that's ended up how we got life. I don't know, man. The whole thing. It goes deep. Very, very deep. Yeah. And I, it goes beyond my capacity uh, of knowledge. Yeah. And so because we're talking to people all over the world, and I don't have a fact checker here yeah. to, to say if we're right or wrong. <laughs> well, and who's to say that fact checker is correct? I can tell you a bunch of Google things. Google is always one. right. For sure. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. But that's, a, that's being facetious. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, Google is more often than not right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like a bunch of people said there's weapons of mass destruction. Did they ever find them? They don't find them. We went to war based yeah. off that. Some people them. say there are, some people say they're not. So what do you believe? Yeah. You know, so it's who knows. I'm just simply say take all bias out of it, whether you believe in a God, whether or not. I'm just what what at the core of you right now. When I pose the question, does something living come from something living or does something living come from something not living? I think that's really what it boils down to, whether or not you believe one theory that we did come from inanimate no life right or we came from something that's but life. we can't explain how you life even even if there was a life form, we can't even explain our it, own bodies medically yeah and the brain everything just don't yeah split brain theory all we know, the stuff that comes into that you know if you if someone has a leg amputated they will it's like a ghost leg it's like i can feel it but it's not there so they'll put a mirror on this leg in between to mirror the other leg and then their brain sees the leg and then the pain goes away Oh, and they really? have no idea. Dude, there's so much wild stuff. Really? Like how that all works. You they know? just tried it one day and it works. Well, there's like, theories and people do studies and they get to this point of, whoa, what is split brain theory? Like the left and right. Yeah. They've seen people do stuff with, dude, this goes so deep. But the perception of what you think is happening on your left, all the people observing the thing, you're doing it with your right. And they're like, whoa, you split the brain and all this different stuff starts happening. It's crazy. It's wild. You know that. So we, we're we viewing right now, like through your eyes, what you see. Your eyes, it's not like your eyeballs are the screen and you're looking through them. Your eyes are bringing information. Your brain is translating that information to another screen. And that's what we're seeing. You know, it's not like the eyes are the thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It may, may be kind of an abstract idea. It's just like your eyes are the conduit for the thing that your brain then puts up on a screen, and that's what you're seeing. I yeah, so you see a filtered version, essentially. You're just looking at a screen, not necessarily. It's, it's a weird concept. Sometimes I start listening to people, and it's like, dang, man, this guy's crazy. Like these physicists and things figure this crap out. It's crazy. Yeah, and all physicists are typically atheists. Yeah. Right, they're they're typically atheists. They and those are some of the smartest people, man. On oh the yeah, planet Earth for sure. And they're and they they're believe atheists. in no god or yeah, essentially no god, no god. They, and then we're just all here doing. So whatever. then now they would they would they would argue what I'm saying that there's an intelligent design, right? Yeah. They would say that we you know well I guess we came from an inanimate object, 
Yeah, I mean, what would they say? I mean, to well, they would argument. say there was a, there were actual organisms. They, they, like, well, they call it the God particle, the thing that they're trying to create through the hydron collider. I believe it's called the hydron collider. They're spinning these things, and all of a sudden, when those particles hit, they see it, and they knew it was there mathematically. That's why they started doing these tests. Then they find it like there's a God particle, and it it comes in and out like in a split, 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 like instantaneous and it goes away whoa check it out it's actually there so people will say that that particle existed and then it created life but again look at how you're getting that particle (laughs) you're having intelligent people try to recreate it yeah but we have the technology now to do that like yeah i I mean all the way back then that would mean that the entity that created it in the beginning was very very had all the technology you needed man to it do just, that so yeah i mean it's for lack wild, of a better it's way of wild explanation yeah it's, it's a weird concept for sure but i for me i ultimately had to come to a conclusion because you know i grew up going to church and i can't take that away from things that i feel i just i, it's, I can't and i just ultimately came down to okay if i'm even going to believe in the bible or whatever and really you know this idea, an intelligent design, because I think then if you do believe in intelligent design, a lot of other questions start asking get or being asked. It's like it's, you're begging the question now. And I just still came to the conclusion that it doesn't make sense in my finite brain that a living thing came from something that was not living. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I get it. Until you're proved wrong, if yeah. you are proved wrong, and I'm always open to it. Right. Just again, prove you know, make gotta, it make gotta sense. Gotta be to smarter me. than me to prove me wrong, buddy. Yeah. And everybody is, <laughs> and everybody smarter. is. So it's easy. <laughs> yeah, weird. You're moving, possibly, maybe. So what sparked that move? Like, what sparked the idea to move? Oh well, the initial idea was the fact that people were man mandating the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, but that's been out for, for a while. So, but you've just, but I'm saying that has correlated to now. The fact that I had made the conscious decision at that time, if there was going to be a mandatory vaccination, I would not be a part of it. And I would give up everything. That was my line in the sand. So I had already accepted the fact that I would move. Then it didn't happen. And then now my family has moved out of the state and that has prompted again, reinvigorated the idea about moving solely because, you know, my family. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I would do it too. Well, I come to this point in my life where I essentially have everything that I want. I've worked towards everything and multimillionaire. Well, you're talking from a kid who grew up in a mobile home to... Now I own a home at a level that I never thought possible. I never thought I would be able to be where I'm at right now as a child. Um, And here I am, the things that I work towards. But it's still, for me, empty. Searching for myself, there is a quality in that and a drive that I love to do. But once that's complete, it's on to the next thing. It's always empty. It's never satiated. Now, that's just me in general, which is fine. I think that's cool. Keeps me moving, keeps me driven, all this stuff. But it's still the core, what we were talking about earlier. What are you made to do? Take care of, provide. Who am I providing for? Nobody. Right. It's me, dude. That's It's 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 like the epitome of selfishness. 
it just yeah. I'm just speaking plainly for me. This is not a standard for anybody else. This is me. You know, when you do something for somebody else, it is so much more gratifying for me. 100%, dude. I think a lot of people feel that way. And, you know, the reason why you feel that way probably is because you have a desire to be with a woman, to have a family, yeah, and that no sort doubt. of thing, to, to provide for them. That's masculinity. And where I you would have, say so. It is. It's a part of being a masculine man. So it's like women, they want to they strip masculinity, denude it for what it is, but then when it serves them, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to contend with it. But it's serving them because you have men like you out there, and I, I there's a there's an there's a war veteran that I want to bring on the podcast, man. He goes to my gym, and he's just I mean, this, keep talking about he was a sniper, and he's just he's he's the man, and he would never be able to tell because the posture in this man is slouched. He feels he lo- almost looks depressed, like he's about willing about ready to just call it quits bro yeah and that's what war does to a man but he'll never tell you i'm alpha i'm masculine blah 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 you just already know it from his actions and what he lived in his past life dude and it's like but men like this and men like you that say i'm empty because i don't have anything to provide for that's a masculine trait that serves and benefits women and yet they don't want to uphold masculinity for everything that it is. Why not? That's ridiculous because it makes you a better woman. When a man, when a man is upholding his masculinity, you are by extension now a better, more covered, secured woman. Why wouldn't you want that? Would you rather stand out in the rain in a tent well, or man, no tent? Or would you rather be in a fucking house? I mean, a lot of women would, you know, it goes back to what you're saying earlier. They don't need a man. And that's like, until that's they're great, 50, 60 and they can't work. And then they're realizing, oh, my dog doesn't do that. Doesn't do what I need a man to do anymore. So maybe I should look for a man. And then that's too late. Well, you know, and if you want to do all the things as a woman, climb the ladder, you know, you have this idea you don't want a man or need a man. That's all. That's all great. You do, do whatever you want. But, you know, but it's funny, like you talked about this dude at your gym. He doesn't need to say it. When, when we're getting, you know, back into what you talk about with girls and I say, well, a lot of times they bring up how strong they are. It's like, honestly, I don't need to hear that. I don't go around. Because you don't care. How, well, if you you're care, strong, dude. strength is silence. I don't True. need to tell you how I did all of this. How I'm like, I'm such this hard worker. I came from this place and you should like me. It's, it's more or less silence. And, you know, the old adage, action speaks louder than words. I can listen to someone tell me all of their stories all day long about how great they are, whatever. What do you do? Yeah. What actions, when you're not speaking, can I look at and then really affirm and validate like, yeah, you are actually what you, you say. Usually strong people don't need to tell other people they're strong. No. You just know. The people that need to tell other people, they're typically the peacocks of the world. They're yeah. boasting and showing their feathers. They're really got nothing, man. Yeah. You know, real, like, like I said, you gotta, here's the thing about strength being silent in media, social media, all that sort of thing. You got a lot of men that are talking about, uh, that are promulgating this alpha mentality. 
what's really alpha, bro? What have you done in your life that would, that would connotate you to being an alpha? What? Nothing, man. And these are, and people I know personally are, are, are prompting this alpha lot, like this alpha mentality. It's like, you may like lions. You like how lions look and you understand that a lion is a pillar of strength, but you're not a lion. Because what have you done in your life that has ever been a massive threat? The real lions are the SEALs, war veterans, people that are in the military, etc. That have to face real danger and real threat. You don't have to face any of that shit. And here's the thing. Here's the clincher. Those people, you got like Jocko Willink and others that are Navy SEALs. They never talk about being an alpha. They never, they never flare their manes, so to speak. Because they don't need to. Because what they've done previously is all the credibility that they need or rather showcasing whatever they've done in the past is everything that they need to, to validate that they're a strong man, that they're a pillar of strength. And that's how you know. That's how you know that that person's strong because it didn't take anybody else to give them that strength in that regard. They're strong because they have the confidence because they've done it. Strength is silent. That's it. Strength is silence. You don't need to say it because you've already done it and you know. That's all I need. I All I need is what I know I've done, period. There is no, I don't need affirmation from any dude. I don't need affirmation for any, from anybody telling me, oh, like, great job, man. You did this. Good job. I know what I've done. And that's where my confidence comes from. And the same way, so it's just funny to when you hear people talk about themselves, eh. And maybe you are badass. Maybe you're like Conor McGregor, right? He certainly showboats himself. And it's, you know, it's a lot of, it's where money, marketing, the whole deal. Yeah. He's not stupid. Floyd Mayweather, he's not dumb. They're killing it. They're rich. They've got their formula. They do all those things. And I would argue, yeah, they showboat it. And that dude can back up what he's saying. But generally speaking, most people um, in general interfacing with other people, if you're strong, you don't really need to say it. You already, you just, I know, agree. I mean, know. what Connor and Mayweather do, that's an act. If you've ever For actually sure. gotten down and like, like watched a, an interview with them, they're humble, man. Not, I mean, I don't know about Mayweather. Connor, for sure. He's a more of a humble man and he just levies everything on his discipline and his consistency and his work ethic, etc. That's what got him to where he is. But, and he does believe in himself clearly. Yeah, that's obviously a, a you know a massive component to the to the equation, but he's not that grandiose. You know, my bravado's up here all the time. He's just an act, yeah. man, to sell tickets. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Now I'm a little bit biased because I was in the military, um, but to me, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. You actually dine, yeah. paying the price. I mean, man, I don't know if it gets more than that. It doesn't. I don't know if it, it really gets any more strong to sacrifice your life for another. And so when people talk about being alpha, talk about being, you know, they're talking again, you're talking, you're talking, you're talking. It's like, well, what have you, what have you actually done that has a put your life in danger and not just military cops, fathers. I mean, they're definitely people who have put their line across the board, women who have done the same thing. So just speaking generally, uh, have you ever came close to that? 
have you ever came close with the idea that you've got to do something greater than yourself to sacrifice for others? Like truly giving or having the concept that if you go in this position, you might die. You might die. Yeah. Generally, people try to avoid that. We're trying to stay yeah. alive, right? That's right. But you actively going against the innate response to stay living because of the self-sacrifice that you're willing to give, that these men and women give on a daily knowing that they may do that. So you may have the most badass dude, you know, working a really dangerous job and he gets to go home every night. Comes back to work, does a really dangerous job, gets to come home every night. Gets to eat food. Has a place to sleep. Now, in parallel, you take Grunt over there in Afghanistan who's carrying a 100-pound pack, humping that thing all out through the desert, getting shot at, you know, a lot of people don't think in these terms. They think, oh, man, all these these people in the military, just, you know, baby killers, all this, blah, blah. But if you ask these dudes, what you'll get a lot of times in response to as to why you're doing this, it's for my brother. It's for the girl or guy next to me. You know, Congress, government says, hey, we're, you know, Congress basically says we're going to war typically. Um, and they're saying you're doing this. And the guy next to him, does the thing, it's all the discipline, the structure, the ranking, the hierarchy. But you ask person to person, they're saying, I'm doing this for my brother. I'm here right now protecting my brother also. That's a lot, man. How many people do you know who would actually step up to do that? I mean, we got our cops, firefighters. I'm not saying that there aren't people out in public. I'm just saying for me and my experience, that's what it is. I equate that to you know people who have given the ultimate sacrifice. When the rubber meets the road, really, where do you stand? And a lot of people talk and can't really back that up. And that's just my um, level of where you're at on that type of thing. How much would you actually give? How much of a badass are you? You know, it's not always the big, strong dude who you think is like the real badass it's the silent dude who's like maybe a little stringy his mind is so strong that you put him and that big yoke dude in a situation and then that smaller guy wins out and you're like whoa it's not the stereotypical thing that i thought it's mm -hmm. like the strength of the mind you know anyways a little bit of a tangent but well that's important to to understand i think that's because we're producing a lot of talkers nowadays with social media and the yeah. and the way that you can uh produce things on media and you have and you're by yourself when you're here's the thing you're by yourself when you're producing these videos and you may have just came off of a good one like a good gym session you may have just closed a deal for 10 grand or something like that and you're on a good you're got endorphin surging through you're like on a good one right Maybe you got a bang in you. You just drank a bang. You just you're you're loaded, and then you get on your fucking phone, and you start talking your shit as if you're invincible, when really you're a pussy. And the only thing that deal that differentiates you from a fucking child are years. That's it. Other and maybe a little bit of experience. Otherwise, you're a pussy, and so you just peacock your way through social media. Because you want to put on a facade and make right. others think that you're somebody that you're really not. 
generally these are narcissists that do this sort of thing. And there are people that, that gravitate towards the advent of collecting power and rather control with other people around them or what they can control other people's thoughts with. Like think of me like this, because this is what I'm putting. This is the material I'm putting out there. So you, now you have no choice, but to think of me like this. But when you know this person personally, and you're in a crowd of people with this person, they don't act that same way. And the ones that don't need to act that way, like a Jocko or a Navy SEAL of any sort, they're the same way all the time. They don't put anything different on social media as they do in real life, as if you were to interface with them in real life, they're the same all the time. And that's the difference, dude, with real alpha males. And then beta bitches. And I'm not saying, I don't believe in alpha, beta. I mean, there are mindsets. Yeah. That's all that they are. They're just mindsets. Yeah, that's 100%. But you can have that mindset turned on from the advent of drinking some caffeine, having just closing a deal, getting a good workout in, etc. And then be like, you know, I'm feeling myself. Here's Where's my fucking phone at? Boom. <laughs> face it towards your stupid face and start talking <laughs> shit like the peacock you are. Really... When you're, when, if there was, if there, if when you start doing that, think about this, somebody, you're, let's say you're in your car and you start feeling yourself and you're, I'm going to put my, you know, your favorite songs on, put the phone in front of your stupid face. And then somebody puts a gun through the fucking window to your head and says, shut the fuck up, get out of your truck. Give me the keys. It's mine or else you're dead. And then at that point you crivel up into bitch mode again. The exact person you started out with. So don't let the song, don't let the caffeine, don't let the deal you just closed jade you or contort the way you really are in real life. Because if push comes to shove, like you said, when the rubber meets the fucking road, you're a pussy. You don't have to, sh- you didn't say that. I'm saying that. Yeah. You don't have to essentially peacock your way through life. If you're strong, it's going to be recognized by other people that are strong as well. And that by extension is silent. True strength is silent, period. Yeah, you don't need to say anything. Actions speak louder than words. You know, like I said, it's not the yoked out dude, the stereotypical guy like, dang, man, look at that guy. He must be able to do some stuff. It's the guy that's a little smaller, doesn't look like that, and is silent. That if you really knew who to fear, you'd be like, huh, what's up with that situation? You know when you see that. You know, it's like a pit bull. Okay, you got a dog barking. You ever see the pit bulls? They just stare at you. No emotion. Zero. And you're like, I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. I don't want to get close, man. And they're just silent. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's the aura, it's that strength within because they know who they are. There's no telling the pit bull who they are. They don't need you to tell them who they are. They can just stare at you and you're like, yeah. Yeah, not today, bro. I don't want to do today. that. I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, masculinity isn't necessarily a physical feature. It's a mindset. And when we get away from celebrating that mindset, celebrating that a little guy can do the most monumental task and it's a mindset the courage the honor all these things get away from those concepts well where do they go 
you, you got none of that. You, you don't have the rubber meeting the road and someone actually being able to do that. That's why we celebrate those things. Those things are noble. Now, people can say whatever they want about war. Should we have been in war? Should we have not? All those things. That's not really what I'm talking about here. The fact that people say, you know, fuck 4th of July because Roe v. Wade, all that stuff. Fuck the flag. Fuck the anthem. All that. It's like you're, you're not understanding what America is at that point. You're trying to attach your ideals, all this stuff, to that's not really the American spirit. That really isn't the thing being celebrated. No one's celebrating that we killed people in war. These baby killed. No one's celebrating that. It's something much deeper than that. It's the fact that there are people in America, it's sons and daughters. The, now, this is the idea that they will sacri- they will give the ultimate sacrifice, right? That's what it is. It's not about Congress saying go to war and then this is the outcome and we shouldn't have went, we should have went, blah, blah, all that. That's all politics. That's a bunch of shit that is unfortunately a part of the, the system. But that's not the America and why people say 4th of July is awesome. It's because, what was it, like 3% of the population decided to revolt? 3%. When the little guy becomes triumphant, that's America. And why do we embody that? Because we value those character traits. Those are character traits that the masculinity, the the strength and the women. It, like we used to value those things. Those things were good. You see that old World War II veteran. He's 105 years old, Medal of Honor, saved 20 of his dudes. He's a nobody in like... The sense that he's just this frail old man right now. Life has got him. He's done this thing. But but the American value, the thing that why we celebrate America is what's embodied in the sacrifice that that guy gave. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the purity. That's why America is good because we have these values that you should be this way. You should be protecting. You should self-sacrifice. Those are good attributes. Those are good things to live up to. Absolutely. But we start, uh, you know, taking that down and you got none of that left. And who's going to actually do the thing when you need him to do the thing? That's beautiful, man. Let's end it there, though. Where can people find you? If they want to reach out to you, they want to talk to you, where can they find you? I'll be on Hinge. No, uh, I don't think anybody's gonna want to, so they probably just hit you up. You can give them an extension to Stop. me, dude. <laughs> what are they? What? Where can they find you, Jason Bonzadegi? It's not Jason Bonzadegi though. It's J J Lands. Tell them your Instagram if they want to DM you. Oh man, I'm private though. I keep all my stuff private. Well, they they'll slide in your message requests. All right, it's J underscore. Don't say it. Uh, I don't want to say it. I wasn't going to say it. You'll never know, people. You'll never know. (laughs) Thanks for being here, bro. I appreciate it, man. You want to go to Mason? You want to Mason? Yeah, let's do something organic, you know? Yeah. Tired of this online, whatever, app, crap. Yeah, hinge hinge it up. Crap. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, people. Done.